Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're about to listen to a podcast full of wonder, excitement, and discovery. It's time for an adventure through Odyssey. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Adventures Through Odyssey podcast, Odyssey Revisited. The only Adventures in Odyssey podcast that caters to the 8 to 12 demographic that the club also caters to oh no we de- we certainly don't we certainly don't care to the 8 to 12 8 to 12 year olds would be like this is boring and we don't you think some adults probably also think this is boring i know i'm setting myself up for comments here <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, yeah probably anyway i'm will here with john and today we're going to cover some more episodes and it's a interesting grab bag of episodes i feel so we're gonna start what? with a oh, what i was gonna ask what the first episode was yeah. we're gonna start with the ill-gotten deed wit tells calvin the story of brothers horace and grover McAllister, illustrating how far less productive revenge is than work mm. fun origins to the town of odyssey I remember liking this episode, re-listening to it as an adult. It's not bad. It definitely feels like the writers maybe phoned it in a little bit on this one. I mean, right. It's like a fun little bit of, like, backstory, you know. But it is just... And I think it's fun as a kid, because you're right. I do remember liking this episode quite a bit when I was a kid. But yeah, now it's a little bit still, like... You know, not bad. Now, it it is also hard, you know, depictions of Native Americans. Yes. You know, always a a little bit like, wait a minute. Yeah, I agree. Would Odyssey do this today? I would assume not, but who, I don't know for sure. Um, But yeah, it's like a fine, kind of fun story. I, I still think it's good. Like, I don't think I was like, oh, this is like. Like, I actively dislike this episode, but I remember liking it more as a kid. I would concur. So, again, it's fine. I like the brother aspect, especially because, you know, shoving all the dirty things under the bed feels like something John would have done growing up. <laughs> or at least figured uh, out some way to circumvent the system, because for years... Look, Winnie the Pooh, Winnie the Pooh taught me not to shove things under the bed. <laughs> wow. Okay. If you don't know what he's referring to, folks, there's an episode of the animated Winnie the Pooh show that you can watch on Disney Plus where they find a whole evil world under Christopher Robin's bed. Based on stuff he shoved under there. Yes. But no, let's just tell, let's just make like Wilson in this month's club episode and tell the story. For years, when we were home during the summer, my mom would say, hey, John, can you unload the dishwasher, take out the garbage, and have Will mow the lawn? And suddenly, John would say, hey, Will, Mom wants you to take out the garbage, vacuum the house, unload the dishwasher, and mow the lawn. And this went on for a year or two before he was caught. Okay, he- wait, 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 wait. I will admit, I did. I have done that before. I think the amount of time I got away with it is much shorter than you're giving it credit for. I'll tell you this. I tried it probably <laughs> for like a year. 
But I yeah. think you after you only like did it a few times. Right. But then when we called you on the carpet about it, you said, Well, Will needs to learn to question authority. I probably I think I did say something like that. So just to just point out, but a good episode. I do love these history of Odyssey episodes. We learn a little more about the founding of the town. Yeah. No, I think it's a fun episode as a kid, partly because you're like, whoa, this was Odyssey? Exactly. And th- also, Rachel McAllister, voiced by Chris, one of the few times she has a character in the episode. Fun. Yeah. All right. Good for her. Yes. She's also on the cover of Treehouse Magazine this week. Or Clubhouse Magazine. Uh-huh. Whatever it's called. All right. Rescue from Montatugo Point. Wit flashes back to the times he had as a signalman for the Navy during World War II. So I was actually thinking, because I think you said something. Oh, you made a question about, like, Munich. Have they ever done an episode about, like, the German side of World War II? Not directly. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe we're forgetting something. But I was like, yeah, they've done, like, several, like, episodes focused on, like, the the Japanese side of the war, which seems a little weird. I don't yes. know if they, they don't want to touch the horrors of, like, the Nazis and, like, the Holocaust is the reasoning. But I oh, just found very... that interesting. That's true. I mean, the one episode I can think of is where Rene goes into the Room of Consequence and learns how to save somebody from the Nazis because of millstones. Mm-hmm. You know, or as I like to call it, Pamela has another problem. Uh, sorry, we shouldn't be making fun of that. But anyway, uh, I, I like this episode. I think it kind of ties in a lot with the next episode. It's another good history of wit while throwing in some legitimately interesting American history. Ties a lot into the next episode. It's basically the second part of the next. It's basically like a two-part episode. Yes, because Reginald Duffield shows up in the next one, Re- you know, Operation Dugout, which I guess we can just kind of talk about the two of them in tandem. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think both are good. I think I, I think I talked a few weeks ago, like, I think I got confused about, yes. like, an episode, and I think I was referring to this one. This is fine. I think it's, like, interesting. I think it's thrilling. I, it is, like... It is, like, very much they're, like, trying to tell, like, a war story sort of, like. Definitely. Yeah. It is funny just given the Odyssey floating timeline now, though. True. Whereas I think if this show started today, Wit would probably be in Vietnam. Right. Um, If. I don't don't even know. Because it's, like, at this point, like, I don't even know how old Wit's supposed to be. Uh, that's a good question. Maybe the show can confirm that. Because they made him sound younger. They made him sound younger. And so I don't know if he's supposed to be in his, like, 60s now. Which I assumed he was in his, like, 60s. Well, he lost all that weight. Well, right, but still, though. Right, okay, fair. Yeah. I'm going through everything. Sorry, folks. I, it's a war episode. It's not that I don't have a lot to say, but I feel like in the past we've noted we don't really have a lot to say on these episodes. I mean, it's interesting. I do think the episodes really mix together a bit. I mean, partly because, right, it's just like the involved, like, talking about, like, his experiences with Reginald Duffield. Right. 
Oh, here, here's something. This episode tells the story behind the wound in Wit's leg and the missing part of his upper ear. Items that were indicated in the first ever description written about Wit. Okay. So, unless I'm wrong, this has never come up outside of this episode. So Wit's just missing part of his ear and assumedly walks with a limp. I want to see, is that present in the images? Because I've never noticed... Well, I mean, we've never really had a focus on Wit's ear. Uh, now I want to know. Now I want to, like, see. I guess their argument could be like, it's not in this one. It's like, well, it's on his other ear. It's like, but it, uh... Right. It, it got, it's a floating ear injury. It, it... A floating ear injury. It, it doesn't matter. It's, again, just that whole thing about the wit document. I still think it would be really fun, and we could probably beat Disney to the punch on this, if we went to folks on the family that fake National Treasure trailer trying to find the wit document. Yeah, you don't call the... You call it, like, the W document, like, the Q document. Oh, that's even better. Where's Will? The W. Knowing just Bob and Jesse to chase us around. They're not letting us back into focus on the family. Oh, come on. Doesn't your wife's friend work there? I, I don't think they could get us in. I, okay, just so everyone knows, we have not been banned from Focus on the Family. I like to think, I don't know. I feel like Focus on the Family is either, like, we really love that they're this dedicated and they, and they like, like talking about a product that much. Or they're like, why do they keep doing this podcast and keep complaining about it? <laughs> I feel like it's one or the other. And I think you've been a little crude at times. That doesn't fit with this 8 to 12 year old demographic. That may have upset them. Well, I guess that's possible. Okay, fine. So I don't know. Fine, we'll tape it ourselves. And then I get stuck in the slide. Help! The slide's pretty big, if I recall. I remember being kind of thin. Oh, uh, maybe I was just smaller. Right, so as I recall, like, the slide I could probably fit down, but it's a pretty narrow tube. <laughs> probably. So, I, I don't think they let adults on, did they? You have to be under a certain height. Okay. That Which, makes at sense. 11, I was just barely short enough, so... <laughs> Only time in my life I was short enough for something. Uh, anyway. That's right, ladies. I am 6'4". You know... For whatever purpose that might serve. Anyway. I don't know what mom's been telling. Anyway, moving on to the next episode as we escape from the awkwardness. The very, the very best of friends. Donna realizes she's still bitter about Karen's death after a year. At the same time, Jimmy and Oscar put on a Shakespeare play. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Okay. So, let me say this. I love Shakespeare. One of my favorite things. So, I appreciate all the Shakespeare jokes. However, maybe tonally not the best episode to have it in. Yeah, it kind of felt like they wanted to keep Duffield around for one more episode. Well, because, yeah, let me say this. it I love the whole Donna, Karen stuff. I think that's really interesting, really, like, deep, really good with the continuity. But at the same time, thank you. At the same time, I feel like, and the Shakespeare stuff, really funny, really good. But totally, it doesn't fit together at all. I don't disagree, and I don't know if that's... Com- like regarding parents complaints about the first episode being too dark or odyssey feeling they needed to balance it out or they felt like oh this is a less heavy subject than a person dying so i wonder the thought was there like well some people aren't gonna know who karen is right yeah so you know yes and i've often said this episode's a good companion to karen because it ends with the cat coming back we all kind of have all a happy ending see you you know let's move on and never talk about this again so I like that they talked about it again. I guess, do you really want to know the one big thing I changed in the story? What? Instead of Jesse and the students voting for Donna to be the host of this, because I feel like most of the school would know, oh, that's the last thing Donna's best friend did before she died. She probably won't want to do it. I, well, I mean, the- I could see young kids thinking, right? wouldn't she love to do that? But the explanation that she doesn't even remember. Yes. Like, they don't remember her doing it. It's weird. Well, no, because Jesse apparently moved there after Karen died, so I guess I get that, but none of the kids bring it up. What I think it should have been was the school wanted her to do it, because I don't want yeah. to slam a school, but I could totally see them saying, hey, we had this very difficult event as a school right after last year's, you know, fall festival. Let's kind of close the book on that and have Donna come up and give some speech about Karen. You're right. I think here's the thing. I think, right. I think story-wise and like sense-wise, that'd be better. I think the reason they did it was it was supposed to be an episode about friendship. Yes. And so I think having the dynamic between Donna and Jesse. Right. Or maybe they don't want to paint the adults as too insensitive. Right. Like the, if, if Donna had said, I don't want to do that. Like, right. the the school would have been like, oh, yeah, totally. Like, you know. Yes. Okay, that's true. They would have been like, uh, unless, like, you have, you'd have to have a real, like, full of it themselves adults to do that. Yes, I, I do agree. But, no, 
I, I like the metaphor with the Jerry story about hiding the math homework as a, you know, kind of shoving it in his desk and forgetting about it. Now, I feel like at some point, wouldn't the teacher kind of confront Jerry about where's all your math homework? You know, it probably <laughs> depends on the teacher. I think there are some teachers that just, like, don't ask about it. That's probably true. Huh. Though it does seem like a... I mean, maybe someone's kid did that, but it does seem weird. I kind of agree. Maybe this was back in the old days, but... Ye then, old school days. Right. And weirdly, this is part of a trilogy of episodes that are all kind of tangentially connected about the Barkley kids learning heavy truths. Because the Romeo and Juliet thing comes back up in the Jimmy Goes Through Puberty episode. Yeah. So in a, in a weird, weird way, this is a trilogy of episodes. <laughs> the oddest Odyssey trilogy ever. Just saying. Uh, Trying to add that on as... A trilogy is very funny of a thought. You start out really sad. Like, that would... Don't even call it a trilogy, Well, It upsets yeah. me too much. Okay. Also, which 100th episode? Mm-hmm. Including Wait, family how? portraits? Including family oh, okay. portraits, probably. I was about to say, that on here, I have this as episode 95. <laughs> Yes, we do. Uh, wait, where was I going? But no, I I would say this. It is, this and Karen back-to-back are good showing up how Odyssey has evolved in one year. Because although Karen isn't bad, it's definitely very slow. And it feels like it's struggling to fill the 22 minutes. Whereas this is a very compact episode that really feels like a breezy 22 minutes. Yeah, I agree. I do, I do agree. I wonder if there's a universe where... You know, maybe Donna's parents are also in this and we don't do the goofy Jimmy stuff. Also, to imply Donna's never really talked about Karen over the year is interesting. So. Yeah, or like no one's ever brought up to Jesse that it's like, oh, like, how's Donna doing? Right. Because they seem like really close friends and I'm kind of like, how long have they been friends for? Well, according to Wit, it was before... Karen died before Jesse came here, so it was. It's been less than a year. Yeah. So still curious, but yeah. So good episode. A good follow up about things I don't think enough people talk about in the fallout of these things. If that makes sense. Yeah. All right. The reluctant rival, Wit's granddaughter Jenny Whitaker Dowd, is given a special violin solo, which causes friction with the other children. So I think. I really don't like this episode. Yeah. I have a lot of issues from a lot of different perspectives about this episode. All One, right. There, everyone's doing things I find questionable in this episode. I do like bringing back, you know, Monty and Wit's daughter... And then kind of having Jenny be a character for the first time. Yes. You know, I do think she's a maybe a little, like, how it's like she impresses Eugene and even almost, like, one-ups Eugene. So the read I've gotten on that, and I, I think this would be more obvious today, I think she's supposed to be on the spectrum. <laughs> I did not get that at all, Will. I don't think they're going for that at all. Okay. Please Will continue. doesn't like when I com- 
completely shut him down, but I did not get that sense. Okay, well, a difference okay. of opinion, I guess. Here, here's the issue. Here's the issue. First, who comes to Odyssey for like a month or two and then joins the youth orchestra? I do agree. That's already like kind of weird. And then like the orchestra conductor is just like, and I, I, this was before kind of the notion of like everyone has to win, you know, like. But it I think is, we were slowly like, rolling into that. I so. think we were slowly rolling into that, but it is it does like. It does seem genuinely upsetting to have, like, this rant, this person come in and suddenly, like, take apart. Like, this person who it's like, how do you, we know who she is? She's Wit's granddaughter. Right. And I get, like, the thought behind that. But, like, it does seem just a little bit, like, why didn't you, like, think that, like, people are going to be upset at her for this? Yes. So knows, and I, so I already think that the situation's a little contrived. Right. And I actually think there's a notable thing about her mom in this. So at the beginning she's, you know, dad, don't sign her up. It doesn't give her the, give him the reason. But then when she gets the part, her mom is, well, if Jenny did the best, she deserves to do it. And it just feels in contrast to how she was trying to stop wit earlier. Right. But then it's like, What's awful about this episode, from, like, an episode perspective, is Sandra's, like, an awful character. And the lesson's supposed to be on Jenny or, like, Wit's daughter. Yes. Like, like I guess that's, like, that's who's supposed to learn the lesson. Because it's, like, on the website it says the lesson's the golden rule. And it's a little bit like, what? What? I agree. Like, but, like, right, I agree with, here's the thing, I get the mom's perspective, it's like, you did the best, why shouldn't you get it? But then she's acting like a total, like, awful person, and it could have been, like, something more like a bigger meaning for this one girl to just be told, like, you're really good, but, like, that's not the only reason I didn't give you the part. Like, she, like, could have been, like, you've been mean to other people in this orchestra. I I agree. I I also think there's a version of this where maybe the girl's disappointed but not throwing a fit, but the mom yeah, is more involved. I, think he, I even think that. And, like, it's just the fact that, like, like, they have this, like playoff and like jenny like clearly throws it and the and the girl goes up like trying to be all friendly now yeah like that's not really like do unto others it's not like the girl realizes i mean maybe you could imply um <laughs> like maybe if there was something where the girl knew she could play super well and understood why she did it I do agree. I think part of the payoff is supposed to be Jenny did the right thing, even if nobody else knows it. I don't know if it's the right thing. I, I Here's the problem. I agree. If, like, my kid who's been practicing this for a year suddenly got usurped by a random person's granddaughter who's here for right. a week, I'd probably speak up about it, too. Right. I would, too. Like, I, I get that. But then it's it's just a little hard. Like, I'm, like, because you have these two characters being, like, rather, like adverse due to like a weird situation but like they never actually learned that what they did was wrong too yeah so 
Yes. I would like to point out one positive about this episode. It's like a Bart Rathbone type thing. Where it's like I do they're agree. doing where it's like, oh no, these characters just <clears throat> don't get like are just like bad kind of slimy characters. And like we never really see these characters again. And it's like that's just how they are. Right. But they're yeah, painted it... as they're painted as being like like just a normal mother daughter. Right. I, I think someone on the writing staff clearly had like a vendetta against someone's gifted child. Yeah. So, or had a gifted child and wanted to write this episode for them. One of the two. Uh, but one scene I actually do like in this episode, not for the content, but just the implication, is when Monty and Jenny are walking and the girls come up to Jenny and start mocking her. And this is kind of where I thought maybe some of the On the Spectrum reading came from. Monty shuts the girls down pretty quickly, implying he has been through this quite a bit. And he just knows how to handle it. Or I think the idea is Jenny's supposed to be way nicer than Monty. Way nicer? Uh, I think I, Jenny tries to be more, like, hospitable and, like, tries to be more friendly. And right. Monty, I mean, Monty, we, is a, we know, is a little rough around the edges and just, like, I'm shutting this down. Right, but also I think we're supposed to get Jenny is sometimes unaware that her ability puts a target on her back. I mean, maybe you're right. I think that could be true. I didn't get that reading in one iota. I wasn't but it doesn't on mean the, it's I wasn't saying on the spectrum, but it You I just think, said that. I'm not saying in, I'm saying outside of that. No, I'm saying on the spectrum or no, there's a clear read that, oh, maybe Jenny, because her mom shelters her a little bit from everything, does not understand how she can come off to people. Okay, well, sure. I think that's possible, but that's way different from being on the spectrum. <laughs> okay, tell us how you feel about that in the comments, everybody. Oh my gosh. What? <laughs> It's such an out-there reading, Will. I think you could be right. I think it could be in there. But I, I would not have thought that. All right. Last episode, Monty's Christmas. Frustrated that his mother always insults his father, Monty Whitaker Dow tries to find a way to escape his family problems. I think... Let me say this. I actually think this is an interesting topic. And, like, yes. an interesting, like, issue to address. I don't think this episode's particularly memorable. I would agree with that. But I think it's an interesting, like, story to go about it. Because I think you have the one hand of, like, what the mom, like, the mom's reaction to the divorce and what she thinks about her child. And then also Monty, likes reaction to it all. Right. I, d I do think it's a very good episode in the sense that... We cover, hey, maybe even if the dad is a jerk, Monty still wants to see him. And that's kind of implied with Connie sometimes. Even if her dad yeah. is clearly a horrible person, Connie still wants to see him. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I will say, not any slam on Wit. The fact that it takes Wit till, like, the 13-minute mark to think maybe Monty misses his dad is interesting <gasps> to me. Maybe Monty... I mean, maybe... We don't know hardly anything about Monty's dad. Just that he left and he and Monty are similar. Right. I mean, like, maybe Monty is... Like, Monty's dad was, like, real bad. And so Wit is like, right, who could miss him? 
Well, as much as I would concur with that statement, I feel like if that was the case, it would have at least come up in a line of dialogue. Or maybe because Witt's never been through a divorce, he doesn't think that way. Because, like, yeah. his mom died, so he probably missed his mom, but did not conflate the two, because if Monty's dad was bad, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. It is just funny. Sometimes you get stuff like a character saying that, and it's clearly because it's, like, a children's show. Right. And it's, like a, chil- like, a child not in that situation may not realize that. And so it's, like, you have to have, like, an adult character or something say it, but when the adult character says it, you're just, like, no yes. duh. We know now. Do I think there's a, and this might just have been too manipulative on Wit's part. Is there a better version of this episode where he knows what's going on almost from the get go and tries to egg his daughter into the right situation? Maybe. Maybe I think they didn't want any more. I didn't think they didn't want the main thing to be fighting with his daughter. Yes, I I do agree. I I do like that they because Connie's a child of divorce. They really let her own that scene. Yeah, it's a great scene. Like, it's a great, like, meeting of the characters. Oh, yeah. Which, to be fair, is kind of funny. Because remember, in the original cut of Member of the Family, it was Connie who gives Monty the money, but then it got switched out for Jimmy for some reason. Yeah. Which is intriguing. Not important, but just an interesting point. Uh, Yeah. I'm going back through all the points of the episode. The snow friend I found okay. Oh, oh that no, 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 no. like almost. Huh? Oh. So go ahead and say what you were going to say because we might have the gonna, same thought. I was going to say the snow friend seems like some kind of weird, like, gender joke. Like, yes. A, like, criticism of, like, gender norms. Yes, I, I 100% thought if this episode were written today with that scene, they would have turned it into a discussion about pronouns. Like it would have, it would have been like a joke, like a subtle, like as as clean as odd as you could get with it. But it's just funny that they kind of had this as its own like thing apart from that today. Yes, like in this episode. <laughs> Quick note: we support you no matter what th- your pronouns are. <laughs> yes, uh, I, I feel like Odyssey wouldn't do that today. Honestly, I think Odyssey would know that joke would be too charged. <laughs> You're, well, you hope. Yeah. But yes, that joke would be way too charged. Or, I mean, I guess they could do this joke, because it's really not, like, criticizing anything. Like, it's really, she's just saying, it's my snow friend. And Jenny, you believe, Jenny is so smart, you would probably believe she'd be forward-thinking enough to truly think about something like that. Yeah. So, I just wanted to point that out. We're not making fun of pronouns. It was just interesting. Yeah. Is that all we have to talk about? I believe so. Any other notes you have on this episode? Not much. Uh, I think it's good. As I said, I like where it's coming from, but it's a little, you know. Yes. It's not, it's not the, I don't, I don't know if I could, without going back through it, if I could have pulled this episode out of my memory, like that, that's what it was about. Like I could remember the audit, like wits grandkids came. I probably couldn't remember this episode was about this. Right. I remember the Glass Angel ending. I just didn't remember what happened before it. Yeah. So, I think that wraps it up. Uh, Oh, also, Jenny and Monty would be good candidates for characters to bring back. They would be. I think especially if they ever decide to retire Wit as a character, Monty coming back to run Wit's End with Connie and Jason might be a good idea. Yeah. So. I agree. All right. Yeah. 
So that wraps it up. I think by the time you hear this episode, the new album will be about to drop. So buckle up. (laughs) Buckle up. I'm Will. I'm John. We'll see you next time. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.